Section 2 of Captain Billy's Whizbang, Volume 2, Number 13, October 1920. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Kristen Hand. Captain Billy's Whizbang, Volume 2, Number 13, October 1920, by W. H. Fawcett. The Crap Shooting Major by Skipper Bill. This is a story of a major in the Motor Mechanics Brigade, Signal Corps, U.S. Army, A.C. Rebido, by name. He hails from the city of Buffalo, New York, where he was employed in an automobile manufacturing plant and received his commission because of the supposition that he was a motor sharp. Soldiering and gambling go hand in hand. The greatest indoor sport of the military man is to rifle the pasteboards, while his outdoor pastime consists of blowing on a pair of galloping dominoes as he prays for a natural to rear itself heavenward. Rebideau is neither soldier nor gambler, but a dyed-in-the-wool squawker. The major's system was simple. If he lost, he merely issued checks on his bank at Tonawanda, New York, and then stopped payment on them. So simple, in fact, that his racial instinct led him promptly to the telegraph office to void the payment. The major relied upon military discipline to save him from his outraged victims. He believed that none would have nerve enough to make complaint against his ungentlemanly and indecent behavior, but at least on one occasion he reckoned without his host. That was at Camp Hancock, Georgia, where Rebideau lost $400 during several days' indulgence at Craps. The victim, however, took the matter up with the superior officers. Rebido was traced to an air post far beyond the whiz-bangs zone, where he possibly imagined himself safe from his debtors as well as from the Jerry's. This is a letter which compelled payment. It was written by one superior officer to another and the commandant at the air post where Rebido was then situated. 1. It is requested that the commanding officer of AAAP No. 1 take this matter up personally with Major Rebido, as the following are the facts of the case, as can be supported by the record of the Motor Mechanics Brigade, which records I have personally inspected. Several months ago, an exhaustive investigation of the merits of this case was made, and it was shown that Major Rebido was entirely in the wrong in this matter and was dropped on account of an endorsement he signed in which he stated he would make good the amount of these checks, approximately $400. 2. The unprincipled manner in which Mr. Rebideau now treats this matter is considered so reprehensible that effort is being made to secure the forwarding of the personal file of Major Rebideau, and he may be informed that unless this account has been settled by the time those records are received, that this office will make all efforts to have Major Rebideau brought to trial as a result of his derelictions. Needless to say, Major Rebideau cowered before the eye of his superior officer and forthwith repaid the broken pledge. I look back on my day in the ranks where a man was a man, true blue and shorn of falsity, insolence, domineering, and double-crossing ways. They were the days when we got paid together, painted the town together, and went broke together, where every man shot square with his buddy. As for this crap-shooting major, he is in civvies again, and military discipline will afford him no protection for such breaches. Willie and Molly played in the sand, indulging in youthful folly. The sun was hot on Willie's back, and the sand was hot to Molly.
"'Twas ever thus. Every time we see an article offered at an uncommonly low price, whether it be shoes, prunes, fountain pens, wood blocks, or a personal service of some kind, we are reminded of Chief Big Smoke. The owner of this picturesque name was a copper-colored native employed as a missionary to his fellow smokes out in Oklahoma. A tourist once asked him what he did for a living. Oomph, said Big Smoke, me preach em. That's so. What do you get for preaching? Me get ten dollars a year. Well, commented the white man, that's damn poor pay. Oomph, replied Big Smoke, me damn poor preacher. The Eternal Feminine Women want marriage and a home. They should. And there are more women than men. Even before the war, there was, in Europe and America, an extra sixth woman for every five men, and the sixth woman brings competition. She bulls the market and makes feminine sex solidarity impossible. And, of course, added to that is the woman who requires three or four men to make her happy, one to marry and support her, and one to take her to the theater and to luncheon at Delmonico's and generally fetch and carry for her, and one to remember her as she was at 19 and remain a bachelor and have a selfish, delightful life while blaming her. Mary Roberts Reinhardt Move Over Bridget failed to get up one morning to cook breakfast for the Smith family. Instead, she yelled downstairs that she was pretty sick. Mr. Smith promptly summoned his family doctor, who gave the sick servant a thorough examination. The doctor was unable to find anything wrong with Bridget. My good woman, he said, you are not sick at all. I know I'm not, Bridget replied, but the Smiths owe me twenty dollars, and I'm going to stay in bed until they pay me. Well, if that's the case, move over. They owe me fifty dollars. End of section two.